Oh, talk about perfect timing, John. Just perfect timing. Super, super, super perfect timing. Welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. And of course, as you can see, Kathy is not here today. She has had to go to a Super Bowl party. Uh, Or sorry, Super Al party. Superb Al. <laughs> uh, superb Al party. Uh, and we, like it says, she uh, messaged just what, like Friday? It was like, or Saturday? It was like, oops, I totally forgot that I had to go do that. And we're like, no big deal. We're always going to do what we want to do. Um, I'm not too much into sports ball. Um, I'll watch it if there's nothing else on, but I'd rather do some other stuff. Um, type thing. And uh, my boss is calling me. I bet you I won... Uh, uh, some money on this one. Uh, <laughs> if you had halftime 10-10, you did. Uh, I did have halftime 10-10. So I think I just won $125. <laughs> hey, sounds good. I had 0-0, so I think I just won $125. <laughs> oh, because the last digit, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and my boss is just... What's funny, I, I, we'll break away from the podcast a little bit to talk about this. Um, I'm not into sports, but, uh, a lot of people that I know that I work with are, and for fun, I like to just, you know, uh, going with bets with them and stuff and just have fun. I don't mind if I lose money. It's, it's, I'm not betting a whole lot anyway. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and there's a lot of, uh, smack talking. And yeah, my boss is just now, uh, messaging me. He said I won, uh, some. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I only put like 20 bucks on it and you chose squares and he's like, what squares do you want? I'm like, I don't care. Just whatever squares. And so my boss chose the squares and he messaged me. He goes, I hope you don't win a damn thing. Cause I chose your squares. <laughs> and then you did. So I... yeah, I just won $125. <laughs> hey. So I good. made $105 off of my investment. <laughs> It's a good investment. If all investments were that good, then we'd all be rich. Yeah, so I thought that was funny. Uh, which I think is hilarious. Um, so, uh, other than that, um, how's our stream going? Because I've got like a little mess up on my uh, iPad. Are we doing okay? Yeah, it looks fine. Okay. You just must be my iPad then. Um, guys, subscribe with Twitch Prime. Oh, yes, you did. 19 months straight. You get an emote, too. I did. I just used it. The pig. And we'll give you a good thank you. There you go. (laughs) Shameless (laughs) self-promotion! Yeah, I guess my video is uh, messed up on my iPad. Um, And so I I do it for fun. I mean, I'm not all into it. I don't... It's not that big of a deal to me. Um, that's the reason why we're podcasting instead of watching the Super Bowl. Indeed. Huh. Um, I haven't cared about Super Bowl. I mean, to be fair, if the Ravens had made the Super Bowl, I would probably be at a Super Bowl party because I would have friends I care about going to the Super Bowl party. Correct. Holding a party. Um, but, um, other than that, um, we forgot to talk about some stuff that in the pre-ramble, I want to talk about it here since it's just me and you. Well, let's uh, let's get our sponsors first. Yeah, let's get let's get let's get. Was what was it called? The business. The business. Let's the get business. the business. 
because uh, we're going to be having some mo-bidness pretty soon. Uh, for people that subscribe to our Patreon account, uh, rewards will be going out shortly after uh, this payment because uh, we have new rewards for people. Our uh, subscriber levels have changed, and our cool new More Than Dice Magnets came in. So if you're one of our Patreon subscribers at that level or higher, uh, you will get uh, our new magnets. Um, we also want to thank all of our cool sponsors, uh, Creature Caster, uh, for doing an amazing thing with us. Uh, also, be a uh, lookout for Warfare Weekend. We have some new cool stuff that they're going to be doing for Warfare Weekend. Uh, we want to thank Tech Chronic Craft Studios. Um, just talked to Dan. Yeah, I just talked to him this week uh, for about Warfare Weekend, and he's like stupid excited about it because we're going to have some really cool things. Um, we'll have some giveaways for him this month. Um, and of course, we'll have another giveaway from Creature Caster this month, too. I feel like we should have a giveaway today since no one's here. Oh, yeah. Since oh. nobody's here, uh, we'll do a giveaway. <laughs> um, and then um, Muse on Minis for hosting our podcast and putting it out for people. Uh, we Absolutely. appreciate it more than anything. Uh, also, if you buy things from Muse on Minis, make sure you go on there and on the disco the discount code type more than dice all the one all one word and you will get ten percent off your order and we get a small little kickback from that. So uh, remember to uh, follow us on like, on Facebook, like us, comment there, like if you like certain things we put out or if you don't like. Which uh, talking about that, like, go ahead. I did get someone message us. Um, cause last week we talked about a TV show called Kipo and Age of the Wonder Beast and, um, got a message and was like, Hey, what's that show that you were talking about, about mutant monsters? And I was like, mutant monsters. Oh yeah, animals. I saw that. And I was like, Oh, and it was a guy asking about Kipo and Age of the Wonder Beast. And he was like, Hey, thanks. Up. Uh, he was like, uh, I was like, thanks for listening. He's like, no, y'all are awesome. You, I drive a lot. So you're podcast helps me get through my day and i'm like score we did awesome. what we wanted uh, which i think is really awesome um we like to uh, make people happy um type thing um other than that um i'm gonna do in some painting uh do we miss anybody else any other sponsors no, I oh metalhead minis metalhead minis our newest sponsor uh, yeah, of course. uh thanks right. lynn she will be selling our product on um her uh, website uh, will be selling our dice, our widget sets. We have extra trackers to sell um, and things like that for tournaments and everything. Um, she will be um, doing that. I, she just sent me a message saying, hey, how do these look? And I'm like, I'm podcasting. I can't look. And she's like, I'm sure she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Type thing. My friends are all the time like, hey, can you? I'm like, I'm kind of podcasting. Yeah. That's just why my boss is probably going to uh, message me. He's like, hey. And I'm like, uh, I'll look at it. So, uh, other than that, uh, we do have some uh, tributes today that we need to talk about. Um, of course, we have uh, uh, Kobe Bryant and all the people that were on that helicopter with him, uh, mm -hmm. which are there still just as important as he is. Um, so, let's not forget that. Um, I know there was a couple of others that came out, John... I think there was one of the um, one of the Monty Python guys. Yep. I don't know if you guys covered that in the last one I wasn't on. No, uh, I can't remember if we did or not, but we'll include that. I, I don't remember which one it is because he's not one of the he's one of the behind the scene more behind the scenes guys, not one of the big big names. And I hate that uh, I don't remember, but um, I'm not the hugest Monty Python fan. I do like their stuff. 
Um, but uh, it was Terry Jones uh, passed. But uh, I do like I do like their stuff. But I'm not the hugest fan of them. Yep. Um, what else? Anybody else I can think of? Those are the ones I remember. There's always a bunch I see that are not necessarily people who have influenced me so much. But correct. Um, anybody? If there's anybody we miss, we apologize. That's just kind of how we are. We kind of kind of roll with it. Uh, what episode are we on, John? Since Kathy's not here today, that's like your job. Um, I don't know. An episode that has a number. What number is great? Number is I mean, come on. What do you want from me here? I showed up. I'm even wearing pants. <laughs> Uh, why don't you tell everyone what you're drinking? Uh, tonight, and I just picked it up because I saw it sitting on the shelf, thanks to uh, Erica finding it, uh, a bottle of Winter Grind Coffee Stout by Mother's, which is based in Springfield. Uh, I like uh, Mother's Winter Grind Coffee Stout. Um, it's really, 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 really good. I also tried, while you're looking up that number, I tried a new hard cold brew coffee. Um, Mizzy and I tried the vanilla one last week. Uh, and so I tried the basic coffee one this week and it was just okay. Uh, I wasn't too impressed with it. I'll probably just give the last the other three bottles away to someone else because it just wasn't coffee enough for me. If you know what I'm saying. Fair enough. Well, for episode 108, I am drinking Dr. Pepper mixed with uh, Jack Daniels, Tennessee fire and a little bit of uh, cinnamon schnapps that's hanging around. So cool. Um, so to everybody listening here, thank you because we know the superb owl is going on. Um, we do always expect that to be kind of low, no matter what. Um, and to everybody else hanging out with us, thanks a lot for everybody that listens to us online on Twitch streams on you name it. I radio, I Heart radio stitcher, wherever you listen to us, um, or watch us. We appreciate it. It is, uh, really, really cool. Uh, makes us very, very happy. If you have anything that you would like to see from us, let us know. Um, but to everybody out there, to all of our fans, cheers. Cheers. Damn, that's so good. Thank you, uh, one FST Snake, uh, however you want to pronounce your name, for actually being in the chat room and live with us. We appreciate <laughs> it. Since everyone else apparently is off doing something else more important than us. I mean, I can't imagine what that would be. Oh, damn, this is a good beer. Um, so today's episode, John, did you ever figure out what number we are? I said 108 when I gave my uh, drink update, if you're oh, listening. I'm, no, I wasn't. I was uh, drinking. Boom, I slid that right in there. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I'm trying to be professional here. Um, so, uh... Yes, me! <laughs> Somebody's got to be professional, because I won't be. Um, so, other than that, we are going to talk about something that came up um i'm gonna put up a couple of image uh, images on here um and it prompted me to talk about this um, he's getting all technical is i throwing images on the screen images shit, on the screen kathy shows up and it uh, doesn't show up and suddenly we're doing images and shit well this one required in my opinion that we had to do an image in my opinion uh, because it starts off the conversation of what's happening and why we're talking about this because, and I hate that that's not working, um, because this has come up and I hate it because the person that brought this up was trying to talk about it and people were giving him a little bit of crap for it. Um, 
Now, if you can see on this images, it is from the Marble Crisis Protocol game. And someone has done a measurement. Per the rules, the rules state that you measure from one end of the stick to the other end of the stick. Okay? Um, on the left, the person says, is the left a correct way to measure? Uh, for people that are listening, uh, he's got like the tip of the stick and the tip of the end of the stick. It's the same model being moved. He, th Both of those models are the same for measuring yeah, yeah, purposes. Yeah, it's supposed to intention, like, I'm moving from here to here. Correct. So and basically, there's a curved edge to the end of the stick, if you don't know Marvel Crisis Protocol or Legion, who's the same thing. And he's at sort of like the tip of the curve all the way on the left. And then on the other side of the picture, he's at the tip of the curve all the way on the right. Yes. And he brought this image up and he says, is this image the correct way or is this image? And the second image is where the model's inside the curve. Mm -hmm. On the, uh, the, the the starting positions inside the curve. Inside the curve. And then the end of position is on the outside of the curve, on the end of the widget, so on and so forth. Um, and it kind of started a little bit of debate and started getting people talking. And I was like, this, I've seen this before. As a tournament player, and I brought this up, I actually did a pretty long post on it. Uh, as a tournament player, people will try to find any advantage to win. Uh, to bend and break the rules and change the thought process of how this rule works to benefit them. Now, uh, Atomic Mass did come in and they have got a ruling on their FAQ saying that image one, where it's tip to tip, is incorrect. But the rules state that a model has to start inside the groove. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can move to the edge of that because you can stop anywhere along that uh, measuring stick. And they've already said and ruled it that image one, where he's outside both on ends, is not correct, but he has to start inside. I get that. Um, anybody that has played this game, anybody that has done games like this, like Legion or whatever, and has seen any videos or read the rule book or any of that stuff knows that you're supposed to put the miniature in that. I'm going to switch over to the paint cam so I can talk, so I can paint while we're working on this. Sure. Uh, yeah, I agree that anyone should know that. Um, I do want to say that like the second image is correct because of the way they uh, ruled any portion of that, but it would not be correct for a game like Legion where you move from the end to the end. And if you move along it, you stop somewhere centered over it. You don't get to put yourself wherever the hell you want yeah. in Legion. In Legion. Um, because they're games, and they only, they're the only games that move like that um, in, well, those are the only two games that move like that in all of miniature done, really. Um, well, the, the, it brought up a good conversation, because they started talking about the guy going, uh, and there were some comments, and they were right comments. They weren't People weren't being dicks, but they were like, oh, great, Power Creep has already made its way into Marvel Crisis Protocol. And... They were saying, oh, great, the power gamers are here already and stuff. And I don't know the guy that made the post, but the guy has a valid point. As Congo! Someone, hey, Congo! What's up, guys? Um, as someone that has played in tournaments, you will find people will take any excuse to bend and interpret the rules. And I brought up the comment that this guy knows what's happening because he's had this happen to him before in other games. Uh, you can tell because he's already like 
pre-planning going, no, this is already something that's happened to him. Is my camera off again? Is it still? So it's not like a uh, good faith, uh, like, hey, I don't really know. Does this work like this? You're pretty sure it's a, hey, I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to say game the rules, but find every tolerance point for the rules. I also think that he's trying to make sure that uh, catches it before it becomes a problem. Well, that's a good point, too. I mean, they could just be throwing it out there. I mean, and that, again, not in good faith, but as a, hey, guys, does this work? Just to keep people thinking and get it on the radar. Correct, because there are times, as we know, people will take and do whatever they can to game the system. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my camera because autofocus decided to click back on and that annoys me. I mean, something probably updated. You know how it is. Skype. Yeah. Autofocus goes on when you, yeah. Okay, uh, which I need to color, I need to paint white on his chest. Um, and so I get it. I get it beyond belief. And it's sad because the rule set for MCP is pretty good. There's a few things I don't agree with, and you and I have talked about that. And go and tell me one of the ones you don't agree with because you had mentioned that earlier. Oh, the uh, the losing uh, when all your guys are dead in a heavy scenario game. That's really the only rules thing I have a problem with. Yeah, so I mean, besides that, they've got their... their these guys are vets of the, of the gaming industry. These aren't, you know, yeah. scrubs that are coming in and making a game. And it's not like that even is a huge deal. It is a choice they made. I just don't agree with the choice. Correct. No. You know, it's like uh, it's like an Avengers. You know, Samuel Jackson's like, I agree, you made a decision. It's a stupid ass decision. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't have to like it. No, I still play the game. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not going to stop me. Like, oh nope, that that's too far. Can't play the game now. You're there are hills to die upon. That is not one of them. Yeah. So I mean, and all these guys, because I'm sure. I had a conversation with a new gentleman that is uh, looking to help us out with our podcast and about his games that he has. And he asked what games, you know, I play and other people play. And I says, well, we come back from a War Machine and Hordes background. That's kind of how we all met and such. And he was like, he doesn't like it because it's too much of a curb stomping game. And I got that. It is a very, very competitive scene in the tournament scene of War Machine and Hordes. Um, that is truth. Yes. It's not that, you know, we're not, we're not denying it. We're not saying anything, but there are people that like that super competitiveness, but there are people that will take a rule and bend it and break it. So I think what you're trying to say is people take that as carte blanche to bend the rules as far as they'll go because I mean, to go a little old school because page five. Correct. And privateer press is slowly trying to get away from that mentality. Um, they're trying their hardest because people still quote it and people are, and they're like, no, don't, don't be a dick. They, what they meant is not what came through. Oh no, I know exactly what they meant. You come to play, you play the best game you can with what you brought to play. You don't complain about their stuff being better than your stuff because you chose to bring what you chose to bring. That's not the forum for complaining about that stuff. You know, just, just play your best game. Yes. But other people read it a different way. 
And that's Absolutely. the reason why it, it became such a hot button issue. Welcome to the wonders of every language. <laughs> well, most languages. I think there's a couple out there where I think Germans probably have words that uh, are specific enough you don't get double meanings. But English, if, you, if you're not going to state it in legalese, and there's a reason legalese exists, because English is not a not a language that really promotes that otherwise. Um, if you're gonna, if you're not gonna state it in legalese, there's gonna be room for interpretation. Let's say. Yeah, and and that's what we came. That's what when I saw this, I was like, there are people that will take this rule, and that rule specifically, and go, no, the rule says this. I'm allowed to do this, and it came up to me that we as players need to make sure that we call out people like that. Go in, and of course, if it's a tournament, first thing you do is you don't get up call in arms. A judge. You call a judge. Yes. Immediately. Yeah. Start with a judge. Don't don't go anywhere else because the judge is the one who's going to make the call. Correct. No matter what it is, get him. It's his task to make to uh, make the call there. Because any judge would have said, "No, that's an illegal move. It's supposed to be." This. Or at the very least, like, okay, we're going to call that illegal now, but I think you have an interesting point based on the way the word is the the that is worded. I will check later, which is how the best judges do it. Yes. Like for now, we're not playing like that, and then like before the next round, they'll bring it up as a big point if they haven't found anything in the meantime. And uh, I mean, you'll go from there. Well, and that's another reason why I think it's great. Um, or game companies come and run their own tournaments. Uh, because they'll f find these. Um, two, three years ago, uh, Guild Ball had a major tournament. Um, everybody knows, if they don't know, DC. Um, David Carl was part of that and was doing stuff for them. Um, and some players found a ruling in the system and broke it. And when they broke it, it ruined part of their tournament. Mm -hmm. um, and the Guild Ball people were furious uh, because these guys gamed the system. So, so as an ex-GW uh, mail-order troll, part of my job <laughs> was to know the rules well enough to give rulings on the phone. We would do that. Yeah. We did an email for a very short period, but not for a long period. Um, I did those too, by the way, if anyone cares. Um, and there's always the difference of rules as written versus rules as intended and people, and you can tell the people as soon as you go, well, that's an interesting point you bring up, we should get some clarification, but I'm pretty sure they mean this. If they say the phrase, well, you don't know what the writer intended, then they're trying to break the rule. Correct. Because otherwise they're like, good point. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it plays out later and, and not worry about that right now. We'll just play it as as it seems like it's intended because it's true. I don't know necessarily what the writer intended, but considering you're trying some broken ass shit. I'm pretty sure it's not that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're cause I, I was thinking of other rules that this could have been done with. Um, and the reason why things, uh, are written certain ways. Cause I'm sure one of the things that, uh, came up and the reason why they say it now in a lot of games is, Holy within or within um, type thing. 
because there's always that distinction of does my model have to be wholly within or just within Which the effect. Every game now makes that uh, makes it clear whether within means within or wholly within. Some games use within and wholly within. Um, it's when that came up, it was a bit of a thing, but now that it's out there and the good that comes from it is now games take it into account when they're writing their rules. Correct. And uh, I would say people talk about rules lawyers, but really in order to get through these, you have to sort of be a sort of rules lawyer because lawyers work a lot with precedent. This ruling that the court made set a precedent that I believe applies to this. So you look at the rules and the FAQs and go, okay, they've obviously ruled against every piece of horrible, horrible horse shit anyone has ever tried to pull upon them. Obviously, they don't want this horse shit and fuckery in the game. So I'm pretty sure they're going to rule this way. That's a soft precedent, not a very good one, but it is good enough for a tournament. Correct. Because I've gone to... Really good enough for a friendly game. I've gone to plenty of enough tournaments that immediately during the tournament or immediately after it, game companies have FAQ'd a rule because <laughs> someone has used that to their advantage. Oh, uh, you mean like Kara Sloan in uh, that uh, lock and load? Um, Mad she Dog didn't Spams? make out of a goddamn weekend without getting <laughs> FAQ'd. Mad Dog Spams? Um, yep. What was it? Uh, Mollet Karn Missiles? Uh, where you could oh, move yeah. in and out of the control range? Oh yeah, to, to, to clear Fury down, then then do your sidestep back in to uh, yeah. have another Fury available to do something. I mean, some of these are very creative. Yes, and some of the guys put it out there, like we said, just to get it ruled upon. Yeah, um, it's just you've got to realize you don't bring that shit to your local store unless you want to catalog it to bring it to the attention of the. Uh, the designer, so they can do something about it. You bring that shit to the big tournaments. It's sort of a difference, you know. If you come to the highest level and you bring your shenanigans and fuckery, people are expecting shenanigans or fuckery at the highest level, and the designers are looking out and be like, "Okay, cool, you broke this. We're gonna fix it." If you bring it to your local game store, you're you're being a dick. Yes. You're trying to be the 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 biggest dick in in the store, and congratulations, you have broken a game. Good job. Take your meager winnings and enjoy. But, I mean, you don't need to do that. I mean, some people, that's how they, they justify their self-worth. Yes. And that's the thing. Um, because I was, I've was i seen this. I know that people will, well, the rules say. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, you well, know. Well, there's another, there's another one where someone said the phrase, um, well, you know, it was, it was something like, uh, the, the one guy countered with, I want to win a game because I am tactically and strategically better or my dice were better than my opponents. Not because I caught him on some little gotcha because he was the slightest millimeter out of something because you can't move than move. You know, I, I, I don't want to be judged on whether or not I can fully, you know, guess my additions, but I just, just want to play the game and win because I'm tactically better. And it's funny because that's a good statement but it was actually made for all the wrong reasons because that thread was about pre-measure. And pre-measure is probably the biggest uh, the, the biggest dog in the broken rulings department. Which People pre-measure has done uh, a lot for War Machine and Hordes. 
Uh, it is the one of the, it is the worst rule they've been, they introduced into War Machine Horrors. Well, the thing is, it, it there's a good and a bad. One oh. reason I think it's the good is because it stops some of the crap. Sorry, my eyes are really bad right now, and I'm trying to get this one little bit. Uh, but it led into because you and I had talked about this a uh, long time ago about the people that spend 45 minutes figuring out their perfect turn and doing all the extra widgets and all that stuff to, you know, blah, blah, and, blah. And to be honest, that whole, you know, token gate or token shitstorm, whatever you want to call it, that came up then proved to me that I no longer wanted to be involved with that crowd. Correct. Because those guys were only interested in planning out the perfect turn to win the game. You're not playing a game. You're playing a mental simulation. Then I will go play chess if you want to have that sort of <laughs> perfect level of how will everything work. Yeah. Um, so I think a game like Infinity, one of the few games that doesn't allow pre-measure left, is superior in that because you can't just go, I'm going to move up to perfect range where my weapon's in good range band, your weapon's in a bad range band. No, you got to fucking eyeball it. Uh, which talking about that about it's more simulationist and less just game in that point. And, uh, my buddy Frank always talks to me about how he hates games that have no leadership mechanic, um, or no randomization of who does what, when, because in a higher level game, an army scale game, he feels like that's wholly unrealistic and it starts to take him out of the game. And I can understand that. I mean, losing, Leadership in War Machine of Horrors was also another terrible call because it made a lot of units not as good as they were. It it, it made it too unrealistic that you're going to send these guys to fight to the death. They're not going to run at all. Yeah, because some people made a comment about that because um, in the novels, people you know ran because they were scared and such. And it was like, so well, in War Machine of Horrors, they're not. Scared. Yeah. And, yeah. And people they didn't feel like she was scared always got the fearless tag. Okay, cool. That makes sense. They're fearless. That's cool. Terrifying creatures should be terrifying. Sure, it led to some really funny things where, you know, Maximus is about to get his ass handed to him because an entire unit of something charged him, and they charge in and fail their terror check, and suddenly they're like, nope, just going to get murdered. That's happened. <laughs> Lots of times. I mean, it's part of the game, and it's not part of the game anymore, but I felt like it was an important part. It made it, it made good simulationist thing. It made you feel like your troops were doing what you said, but not entirely. Uh, sort of like Legion has suppression and also panicking. And also you may not get to activate the unit you exactly want at any given time. Well, I think uh, one of the one of the things I do and don't like, uh, I agree with you that, that you know troops shouldn't seem like they're invulnerable from panic. Uh, but one of the things that was bad was people would be able to stack that negative effect on one unit. And that one unit was completely worthless for two, three, four rounds. So uh, your opponent made a combo to try and neutralize an unit. But to me, that actually sounds like what you should be doing with something like that. It's not bad. It's I'm putting all this to make that unit not work. If you get a spell that makes them fearless, suddenly it's like, nope, didn't work. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's, it's a combo. I mean, you, it seems like there's two edges, but really the bad edge was just and. Please, no one take this personally. I mean it personally to no one. It's just people who are sick of their troops running away at the worst possible moments because they, they lost a game like that. You lose games for all sorts of reasons. Dice. That's a dice loss. Sometimes that shit happens. Yeah. You need the one die roll, you don't get it. It's called life. I think uh, I think there should have been, besides a, a different 
uh, a tactic or, you know, uh, a different mechanic. Cause like a song of ice and fire, um, if you're, cause you have the ability to have, um, to change the morale factor of units. So they, you know, get, you know, get feared, but instead of the unit not being able to act, they just lose more models out of the unit. Um, well, I mean, I think old fantasy had it sort of good. It was sort of good, sort of bad. So, if you fail the fear tech test, you would just hit the enemies on sixes because you're scared. Okay. Cool. Now, the second part of that, where if they beat you in a combat, you just automatically run away, that was not good because there's too many potentials for losing a lot of models because most of the fear-causing models were cheap as fuck. So, I mean, it was a good and a bad there, but I just don't... You know, it's one of those things. But people try to, like you said, break the rules, bend them to their advantage. Um, but there's a fine line between bending to your advantage and just a combo. Correct. Like, you felt that the stacking all the leadership modifiers on one unit versus a terror-causing creature was, you know, say, bending the rules. When I look at it, like, that's just someone trying to use their stuff to make a combo. You know, it becomes one person's feast and another person's famine. It happens sometimes. You just got to decide where it is. But there's ones we can all agree that are just people trying to game the system yeah now making the really good combos isn't what we're talking about you make a really damn good combo within the rule set let's make it clear that's a different story Mm -hmm. you make a combo that is against the rule set then that's a problem or if it uses some part of the rule sets people are like i'm not sure it works like that then you got a thing you should probably be double checking that before you break that out correct you know it's 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 interesting, and, and it is sort of a fine line, and um, there are those phrases and people look out for, you know, uh, I'm a big, if someone legitimately with all seriousness says, don't hate the player, hate the game, they're trying to pull something over on you. I can agree with you on that. Uh, I always say that tongue-in-cheek, because, you know, like, how'd you get off today? Don't hate the player, hate the game. Like, yeah, okay, John's <laughs> making a joke. Yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference there, and you have to test that. It's it's tough. Um, also, when you see that stuff in your gaming store, you know, if someone's trying that out, if you hear something wrong, you should probably go talk to them about it. That, that, and that's another topic that uh, that we should be doing. That we should, if we're seeing stuff like that locally or at a convention, we need to say something about it, and not just, oh, I'm going to use that in my next game. You know what I'm saying? No, we should be. You should be talking to the person after the during the game, after the game, depending on how serious it is. I mean, if you're watching a tournament being played and you see someone doing something wrong, you should tell the judge, so the judge can wander over, see if there's anything wrong, and correct them within the rules of the tournament. Correct. Because the tournament is a totally different set. You cannot, no matter if they're doing something blatantly wrong, you can't say something. I mean, I wish you could. That's for friendly game stuff. And you should be calling them out on that because you need to, it's not, you're not being a dick about it either. You just go like, hey, dude, I know she did that. That's actually wrong. You do it, it does this way. And if they pull out the, well, the rules are, you know, then you're like, okay, okay. Well, like, tell you what, dude, once you go home and take a look at it on the thing and, or I'll come and I'll get you something in print and I'll show it to you next time. You know, because his opponent will be whatever. His opponent will look into it. He'll look into it. If they really care about playing the rules right, they'll look into it right away. Or if, I, if there's something I'm not sure about, I'm like, hey, 
is this how it's supposed to be done? Because I think I have a combo and I think this may be broken and it doesn't sound right. Or this <laughs> is bullshit. <laughs> if this works like this. How yeah, is I mean, this? sometimes it is. And sometimes you can find something that is legitimately broken. They didn't catch. No one catched it in playtesting. That happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Tell the company. All the companies nowadays are so interactive with their players. It is great. You bring something up, and they're going to immediately start looking into it. Especially if it's game-breaking. Yeah, game-breaking. I mean, even the big dog for not doing something just because someone brings it up. Games Workshop has changed to be listening to stuff that's broken. They don't want a broken game. No one does. It hurts the enjoyment. Hurting the enjoyment means less people are going to play. Less people are going to play. Less people are going to buy models. That is bad. That's bad. Um, so you, you, you it, it's our duty to bring that up. I mean, I had a, we had a thing, um, and we did it wrong back in the day. Uh, sometimes wrong, sometimes okay. Where we knew some people would cheat. We knew they would put too many points in. Uh, we literally, there's just one guy. I won't say his name because I don't want to call him out. Uh, I don't think he listens, but if he does, stop cheating. I hope he did. It was years ago. Uh, and he would come play a game, and we'd, when we walked away to get a drink or something or get something, we'd go to his point like, hey, how many points are you guys playing? And he'd go like, oh, we're playing X points. I'm like, mm, you may want to ask the army list because I feel like he's over. <laughs> he may be. And, and there, invariably he would. And, you know, he it's one of those guys who'd play little kids first. You know, little kids less going to care, but still, come on, don't cheat the little kids. What the fuck are you doing? But you should do that, you know, bring up army list. Honest mistakes happen. Don't bring someone like they're cheating immediately. It could just be an honest mistake. There there are things that are honest mistakes, especially when uh, big games that don't have their own uh, army builders can be an issue. Yeah. Or some people don't use their army builder, you know. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, War Room costs money. Some people aren't willing to pay the money for it. Maybe they're just using a spreadsheet. If one cell in that spreadsheet gets muffed up and they don't catch it, their points a little bit off. Don't hold it against them. Going like, oh crap, I did this wrong. Let's let's figure this out, how we fix that. Especially in a friendly game. Tournament games usually have more professional lists written. They'll do the double checking. But you don't don't bring it off like they're just trying to cheat. Bring it off like it was a mistake. It happens. Yeah, because there are mistakes. And especially someone new to a game, too. There's going to be those mistakes. Mm. Because uh, there was one time somebody in... Uh, I can't remember what they were trying to build, but it let them bring zero-point models... Uh, Zerkova 2, or no, which one that has the, uh, the bodyguards? Zerkova uh, 2. Yeah, and they were like, well, I'm going to bring, like, four of these. And I'm like, you can only bring two, and they automatically come with her. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that. The army builder lets me build it this way. And I says, well, yeah, that's a problem with the army builder. Oh, yeah, but, let's report that. Cool, yeah. cool for firing it, dude. You only get two. Let's let them know. And, and, and that was an honest mistake because he hadn't been playing in forever. And he was like, I've never seen this, but I wanted to bring four of these guys. And I was like, well, you can't bring four. <laughs> yeah. It's important to know. I mean, sometimes people just, sometimes people don't know about points changes and all. We had a guy who came in or, or rules changes, came in, was playing a tournament with, uh, with Gatsby too. And he may have had one or two erratas in his day. And uh, the guy didn't even know about it. And we're like, oh, mom. So we brought up all the stuff, showed him. He's like, holy crap, this changes everything. I'm like, well, yeah, he's kind of broke as fuck. Yeah. But he was playing it as the rules written in the book because he didn't know. I mean, that sort of thing. We like to think that we're all super plugged in on the Internet, but there's still a bunch of people out there who are not super plugged in on the Internet. Yeah. 
they'll do a couple things here or there, and if no one brings it to their attention at the local game store, they may not know. That's what we have to. Yeah, like, and- oh, cool, I see we're playing the, you know, Gatsby's thing like this next year, right? It actually works like this now. Correct. Right. You okay? <laughs> or if you, if Arata just came out, someone's playing the game, you're hanging out like, oh, dude, you see that new Arata? You can you can sneak up to a, a topic like that, slide on up and 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 make sure they know what's about it and they're using it right. You know, I mean, look, Legion's got a whole bunch of point changes. There's no official armor builder. They're not going to reprint cards. You've got to remember them or use one of the armor builders online that t- takes those points into account and and change your points. Like 40k so, is so. If you're playing it the normal way, not with the power levels, you're just playing it, you know, where you buy different things, there is a lot of room for screwing up. Um, Especially if you do it on paper. They have an update every year, and points will change on things multiple times based on what's come out, made them too good, made them not good enough. I mean, GW is literally committed to making stuff as balanced as they can, more or less. I keep with the more or less. (laughs) I mean, they are committed to trying to balance stuff the best they can, but that means that, you know, once a year, both 40K and Age of Sigmar are going to come out with books that give you updated point costs for things. Now, a few things get points changed multiple times. I don't think I've actually seen too many in any list I play, but it could happen, and that means you just got to keep track. Um, to find luckily, they're at the point where they've got just about everything out that they're reprinting books, so it shouldn't be too much of a problem as they reprint books. But yeah, you need to keep track of this stuff. You need to make sure your people are keeping track of that stuff and 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 bring it up, you know. And if someone's you know trying to do something in a take advantage of itself manager, you need manage method. You need to sort of call them out on it. Definitely need to call them out on it. You need to go, hey, I think these guys did this wrong. Um, I think this is not how it's intended because this is you know this is an obvious thing and if they go well that's not what they said you go well (laughs) let's look into it let's ask the devs because hey facebook is a thing forums are a thing all of that's easily checkable so we have a local uh we have both a discard channel and a slack channel and one of the guys is like hey how does this rule work and i'm like i think it's like this but let me check some rules before i say that 100 percent so go ahead and check the rules. It wasn't like I thought, but there's like a lot of caveats to it. And I'm like, oh no, it's like this, but there's a lot of caveats, such and such. I mean, that's what you should do. As as a group, you should be committed to playing the rules correctly. And you should all, you know, get together to try and get the rules correct. I mean, it's not so much about winning and losing. It should never be all about the winning and losing. It's about having a good time. Correct. You know? Not Brushhead Dave and I, after Malvo games, he'll be like, I played this rule totally wrong. I'm like, that's okay. I played this rule totally wrong. We'll learn. We'll look at stuff after the game. We'll figure it out. Because I'll be like, man, that seems really good. And, you know, I might notice in the middle of a game, and I'm just going to... Like, did I play that? Did, is that how it's supposed to work? Because that is like, like oh, balls roll. amazing. Like, oh, crap. I messed that up. Okay. Well, I'm going to play it correctly from here on out, and then I'll tell them afterwards that I made a boo-boo on this. Most of the games, it doesn't really affect it too greatly. Um, we all make mistakes until you get that sort of perfect level of competency in a game, and it takes a while. Um, there'll be a lot of things that go a little little, little crazy, maybe not work the way you thought, maybe better than you thought, maybe worse than you thought. It's easy to miss a word or misread a word in your 
quickness to try and play because you're playing a game live with somebody. You don't want to spend forever reading the rule cards. You know, balance between time and, you know, getting the game played. You'll make mistakes, but you need to, when you see them, you need to correct them and then go on. But that that was something that I think, since Marvel is a brand new game, and it is doing, or starting to do tournament style stuff. And And it's a very hodgepodge game as far as rules go, so it takes rules from a lot of different locations. Correct. And it's, it's at the forefront where it's just now starting... People are starting to take notice tournament play-wise. And so there's going to be things that come up that are like that. They're like, hey, does this work like this? Because it was a tournament and blah, blah, blah. And like I said, the guy had a point. Because at some point in his gaming career, you want to say, that has happened. Mm -hmm. Somebody has ruled something in that. And it's just been a big pain in the butt for him. And, I get and remember, it. you think a rule works a different way. If you are in any sort of structured format, the organizer has a final say. Yes. Don't be a dick about it. Just go, okay, I'll play it that way, and then I will find the actual ruling so I can change your thoughts on it. And like I said, if anything comes up, if you're at a tournament, make sure that you immediately talk to a judge. To a judge. Yes. Just call a judge. I've had I've had people go like I don't agree with that, but I will I can't find the rule quickly, or I would have just told my opponent. I will find it and let you know. I'm like absolutely, and when you let me know, I will let everyone know. Okay, we ruled that wrong in the past. This is how it's supposed to be. There was a change on it. But definitely, but you know those things. Don't argue with the organizer. You know whoever the final arbiter of your rules calls is, don't argue with them. Just thank them and continue on with your game because it's just a game. You're just having fun. You know, remember, it might not be as fun for you for a ruling to be different than you thought, but it's also not as fun for your ruling for some crazy thing to go the way you thought if it's not right. Takes two to tango. You both are trying to have fun, and that's sort of the point of it. That's why you don't want to bring that crazy-ass stuff in, especially not the lower levels. The higher How am levels, I looking? At, by the way, I'm not trying to be... Does uh, this come in out of... Is this... Are you able to, I know the white's washed out. Uh, yeah. But is the jacket and everything coming in pretty good? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm looking at my iPad. Like I said, I'm, I'm looking at it on my iPad, and it looks like shit on my iPad. And I'm like, well, I mean, uh, it must be my iPad. Uh, I, mean, you're, I mean, I'll be honest. Let's contrast paints look like shit until they dry. Correct. They do. And then sometimes afterwards. <laughs> sometimes they still look like shit. Fine. Sometimes, they, sometimes like, okay, I need something else with that. <laughs> sometimes but, they still look like shit. Yeah, so there's lots of things there. Try not to be argumentative about it. Just try and be educational. Don't take it personally. It's not personal. No. But I think for a game that's so brand new, catch that shit at the beginning. Uh Catch the players at the beginning going, hey, dude, that's not how it's supposed to work, and you know it. Yeah, find videos. Like, there's so many people making content now. Like, literally after my last game of Marvel Crisis Protocol, I went... And one of the guys in one of the groups, Facebook groups, had posted a rules you probably got wrong in Marvel Crisis Protocol. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I played a game too. Let's take a look at this. Yeah. Uh, little things you missed, you know. Uh, you know, the th- way throws work, because throws work different ways depending on what you're doing. And that's important to note. And not intuitive, which is another important note. It not being intuitive is, uh, 
uh, important note because you would want it to be intuitive, but not everything is going to be. Uh, and then, you know, what was the other big one? Hey, you know, did you, did you know, Gonzo, that you don't slow down when you're moving off a building or something like that? Just Only when you're climbing up. When, when, you're, when you're jumping back down off of it, you just go more, normal speed. Huh. See, I didn't know that. I thought it was all the way around. It was... Yeah. And I need to confirm some of these with rules. That's what he said. And I'm pretty certain if he's doing a YouTube video, he's done the double checking. But double check anyways. It goes into, you know, the uh, the standard rules of trust but verify. So, in other words, uh, superhero landings are a thing, but superhero climbing... No, no, superhero climbing isn't a thing unless you've got it, but, uh, yeah. you know, trust but verify. I mean, that's that's the best way. And I, and I, and I say it's at work, too, is that, uh, you know, you, just, you, you can trust the stuff, but you need to verify. Yeah. Or it says, if you want to go by a Gibbs rule, if you're one of those guys, rule number three, never believe what you're told, double check. Always double check. I believe what I'm told. Like, literally, if I'm playing in the middle of a game and someone comes by with absolute authority and says, hey, no, that rule looks like, works like this. Oh, cool. Like, if I'm not sure, like, oh, cool. We'll play it like that if we agree to it. And then afterwards, we'll research it and find out if they're right or wrong. We have guys who have varying levels of knowledge on all sorts of games. We have a guy who's, like, you know, good at 40K GW games. He comes out of the rulings. And more often than not, he is absolutely 100% correct. Often he's 90% correct. And sometimes I'm like, well, you're technically correct, but it doesn't work that way because of X, Y, and Z. So Because you forgot about this thing in my special ruling of this yeah, special model. Or this, no, it's, it's a rule book. Like, there's a rule in the book that says this, but if you can't do this, that doesn't work. So Important, you know, important stuff. You need to get in there. And luckily, we're getting to the point where most games that are not named Infinity have really, really tight and easy rule sets. Uh, speaking of Infinity, uh, they have a newer edition coming out at Gen Con, I believe. I know. there. It's going to be an easier edition because they realize that, I mean, if that is your thing, if you're going to play one miniature game and you got time to really invest in and get in there and you like that sci-fi, it's great. I love Infinity. I enjoy playing it. I do not have the rules knowledge to really play with the big boys in that game. Oh, no. Especially when it comes to the hacking and all that stuff. Oh. No, it's just too many rules. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's great and terrifying at the same time. Amazon Music. Hold on. I like to stop. Boy, one second. <laughs> but yeah, um, I heard that they because uh, we were looking at getting uh, Infinity at Warfare Weekend. I was talking to the St. Louis crowd, and they were like, "Well, um, we need to get to you with after Gen Con because." Whether the rule set works or not means whether we'll have people to do it or not. And I'm like, oh. I'm sure the rules, I don't know what that, that's, that's a minor topic of put that negativity shit aside. Yeah. This is a professional gaming company that's been making good rules since their first edition. Don't, I don't know if these rules are going to work or not. How many times a new edition has been worse than the edition before that? Very, very rarely hashtag 40k6 edition. Um, I mean, if you want to get yeah. negative, you could say Mark III, but really, overall, Mark III is still an improvement over Mark II. Just a couple of things didn't work as well. Overall, it's not just the rules there. Correct. And so, almost no addition has been literally a downgrade. May not have been what you want, 
And that's important. That's a bigger note of, you know, your expectations versus their desires. You need to know what they're going for so you can you can manage your expectations by knowing what they're going for. We had a lot of that in Malifaux. A lot of Malifaux people, like, after 1.5 into 2, there were some people who were just like, I'm out, this is stupid and terrible. And, like, <laughs> you want to raffle stomp people. They want an interactive game. Because Malifaux 1.5, I'll swear to God, you could literally play a game and not interact with your opponent at all. You, you could be like, I'm going to go do these things. You're going to go do your things. Let's see who gets their things done first. <laughs> I have a couple of models fight in the middle of the board just to stop other people from stopping you from doing your thing. There were games that were like that. And I'm glad it's not like that anymore. And it's been better since. But that was a thing back in the day. I mean, I want an army that plays my play style type thing, depending on, you know, what it is. Um, I don't usually play armies that are like necromantic or, you know, recursion armies or whatever. I like either brute force or really fast armies. Um, kind of reason why I like Kador. And then, of course, I like Grimkin because it's off the weird, you know, weird wild end, which is my style of play. I like weird stuff. Um, and so usually when I try to find something, I try to find something that gets in that. And then I try to find the best of that, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm not going to take this because it doesn't fit my playstyle. It doesn't fit this list or, you know, whatever. Um, and so what we people will say is you like to maximize your benefits and limit your weaknesses. Yes, I do. That's that's <laughs> gaming. I mean, you don't try yeah. and put the, the, the square peg into the round hole. Yeah. Unless you're John, sometimes you're like, I don't care. I'm using that square peg because it's awesome. And I'm going to fit into that round hole. You just fucking see. <laughs> just wait. I'll I mean, it. sometimes that's what it is, though. I mean, you you're, you're you know, I know full well sometimes I am trying to fit a square bag in a round hole. Yeah. Trying and, to get something to work to see if it'll work. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, whenever I'm looking at an army, I'm always going to do that. I'm going to look, go, I think I got this. This model, this unit is going to work because of this reason. And then... I'll bring it, and they're like, that's broken as shit. I says, no, you just haven't had someone play it correctly yet. Uh, prime example, uh, Mark II of uh, Trollbloods. Um, the, what was the name of the, their, their Colossal, uh, that provided a aura around them that gave, you know, plus two against, you know, range attacks. Um can't remember it, and I had played uh, Calandra. Colossal's a Mountain King, but I don't mountain think it King. did that. It did. It 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 it, it had it at one point, uh, but as it was written, it didn't apply. It applied to all models, not friendly faction models. So I put Selena and the Nis in front of them, uh, and Selena and the Nis just walked up and shot as they went, and people were like, "I can't hit them." They're like defense seventeen, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's the purpose." And I would pull up and, you know, make these great, good combos and maximize all of my benefits. Uh, prime example, uh, Kador Doom Reaver spam with Vlad 1. Uh, his, you know, spell, Science Importance, is a feat and it turns normal models into badass models. And I'm like, I'm going to use every bit of my good advantages to where Hashtag I think it's going to make bring more guns. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you, I have shot my way through Doom River Spans many times. People think I shouldn't have been able to, but 
Just bring more guns. Yeah. <laughs> you bring your range list against that. And then I'm like, well, shit, I know my range list can't take. I know I can't stand to get your range list. If you're going to bring that's the reason why you have list chicken, but yeah. Um, but some people will say that's just broken or, you know, that's bad. And I says, no, it's tactical. It's not- it's not bad, it's tactical. It is actually, from a game design standpoint, it's degenerate, though. Correct. Uh, and I don't break any rules. Type of troop you, it's, and, and succeed, it's degenerate. It takes away what they're trying to do with the game. But every game goes through that. Yes. There's no way to stop it. You eventually put a troop out that's just so good with something that it's like, this is perfect. There's no game immune to Well, few games are immune to it. Most of them are skirmish-level games. Yeah. But, I mean, you should always maximize your strengths. But uh, I think there was one point uh, the Goblin Bellows crew, uh, one of the rulings, and it was missing something or other. And I was like, previously before this, this is what it was. It's the same thing now. It's just, they're like, but it says, I'm like, now you're coming to that one phrase that we were talking about. But... I go, you're using this to your advantage. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, but there's using to advantage and actually bringing There's actually having a rules discourse and then just trying to defend a position of trying to use stuff to your advantage. So yeah. just be careful what you're doing. Make sure you understand why you're you're doing what you're doing, what your, uh, what your goal is for that rule, and make sure you're using it right. Yeah, if something seems too good, as they say. It probably is. It probably is. Or you're playing 40K. Oh, uh, I... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, and you're right, because that ca- that came up as a hot button for me this week, because they asked why I wasn't playing 40K. I was playing Kings of War at uh, Shadow Slaughter, and I was like, well, I have my Kings of War, and people hate playing against my 40K army. And they're like, what do you play? And I go, I play Tau. And they go, oh, okay. And I'm like... I maximize my list. I put a shit ton of drones in there. So it's, you know, it's a pain in the butt to shoot off the table. You can't. Hashtag bring more guns. Yeah, hashtag bring more guns. And they hate that. And I was like, well, sorry. Can I shoot an army with guns, with uh, drones off the table? Start by shooting the drones. Yeah. I manage my expectations. I'm going to shoot my shit guns first at your drones. Kill all your fucking drones. And then I'll drop the big guns in. Well, I mean, it just it, it was coming to that point where it, it it's it's not oh. fun playing my towel because people are like, oh, I don't want to play his towel. I'm like, I'm gonna start selling my towel off. I'm just like, I'm not into it. Uh, I'm not into the towel that much anymore right now. I mean, I have a huge sizable towel army, um, but I do have a decent gray knight army, and I heard the gray knights are actually pretty decent now. Um, most of them are playing kill team right now, so I don't know. I know my uh, cousin, uh, my second cousin, Ben, is playing Grey Knight, so I gave him all my old Grey Knights. Dropped it off today. I'm like, uh, hey, here, have some Grey Knights. He's like, they're all metal. I'm like, yes, I'm old school. <laughs> yes. I forgot to mention that, Gonzo. I actually got to play my role-playing, and we had our first sessions. Oh, did you record it? No, no, no. I wasn't going to bring a new group into recording. That would have been a little weird. Oh, gotcha. Which, uh, uh, talking about the recording. I'll be used to the people beforehand. That's probably a better call. Uh, we started our one ring, and we started our point .5, because we were playing um, they were playing the starting adventure in the book before we, you know, commit to the big adventure, uh, mm-hmm. which is what I always do. I always start off with a small adventure, 
so people can learn the system and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of that, they're allowed to change their character up. Uh, not with XP, but, you know, okay, I want to change my... I didn't think that this skill it, was going to work the way it was. Oh, okay. These aren't all working the way I thought they should. Correct. And so they get to change their characters up slightly. They get to kind of remake it. And then yeah. we get to go from there. They still get to keep their XP, but they don't get to use their XP to, you know, change up until they change their base character back to way, the way they want it. No problem. No no problem whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and that went off really well. It was actually a really good, fun role-playing session. Um, yeah. I mean, we have six people in the party, so... Which, talking about six people in the party, uh, all of them started uh, making Hero Forge models. <laughs> and so we're printing the party off. Um, cause there is a battle mat that is used with one ring and, uh, we're only missing one party member and I printed off a bunch of the miniatures for them, which I told them I would paint up really quick once I got it all done. But, um, it was an interesting thing to have everybody print. Everybody went to like hero forge and printed, you know, made the miniature, sent it to me and said, Hey, we print this for me. I'm like, yeah, of course I will. Because uh, you have a mat with uh, the one ring where you're choosing which positions you're in and such. So, uh, yeah, I haven't I done a character for mine, but I mean, my character is, I mean, not super combatant, so I can use any model and just find cover. <laughs> I told the Star Marine that I'm like, okay, if shooting starts, I'm gonna run away. Like running's what you do to get there. I'm like, false. <laughs> you can go shoot. I will go find a computer and make their life a living hell. So, what time is it, by the way? Oh, it's uh, for uh, I have a decent uh, selection this time. Let's switch over to. Wait, we haven't, we haven't, we, we missed one last week, and you have a lot of movies to talk about. I'm a shock. <laughs> this is my shock. Case. Um, one of them that you and I have to do. Um, yeah. So let's see. Let me get to my section. Um, how many do you have today? Uh, I, I can. I mean, I can talk about a ton if I need to. I have, let's say, at least three I can talk further if I need to because, I mean, I watch lots of movies sometimes. Um, well, let's save our, the one we got uh, together last. Sure. Stuff. Um, so let's, I'll, I'll go and go. I got at least three, four that I can do. Um, let me write it down. I, I can match you or do less, whichever. It doesn't really matter. I got some I, I, I talk about other places or don't need to talk about and some I do want to talk about. Okay. Um, I have actually, I have another anime to talk about. How about that? Oh, the adventures of Gonzo and anime. Is it <laughs> fan service? Uh, you'll have to find out cause this is, uh, going to be interesting. Um, so let's talk about something. I think, I don't know if you've reviewed it yet or not. Uh, Godzilla King of the monsters. Yeah. Saw it when it came out. Yeah. Um, I haven't, and I was waiting to uh, to watch it, and it came out, and it was on HBO, so I'm like, okay, spoilers. I can talk about it and not worry about it. Um, watched it this week. I heard it was kind of trash from some people. Heard it was horrible. I uh, heard it was meh, and then it was like, okay, it wasn't bad. not anymore because those people are wrong. Um, so I, I, I went in, you know, pretty much going, hey, it's free. I'm not paying for it. Not worried about it. I'll spend my hour and a half and be happy. Hour and a half, that's cute. Or however long it was. To a change. 
Oh, was it two and change? Okay, I just remember. I'm just say hour and a half because that's the kind of standard. Um, so I started watching it and I was like, okay, all right, all right. Um, I love that we have a ton of monsters in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, highly, yes. Uh, the premise for the monsters being there, I kind of wrote that off. I was like, whatever, I don't care. I don't care why the monsters are there. I don't care why they're rampaging across the planet. I don't give a damn. What I give a damn about is seeing giant monsters beat the shit out of each other. That's what I want. Um, Uh, Do what? (laughs) Success. Yeah. Um, I didn't care for the human characters pretty much at all. They didn't, you know, resonate with me. I was like, I don't care. Yeah, you made a machine that makes someone sound like the alpha of that monster. Don't give a damn. Um, there was some stuff that you were like, really? They're going to pull that crap? But I was like, I'm just not going to argue about it. I didn't care. Uh, I wanted to see Godzilla and King whatever his name is. I can't remember. Ghidorah. Ghidorah and Mothra and Rodan and they had some new ones too, right? I don't know a lot of, ones, but, but those they didn't get as much play as the, uh, the big four. Let's call them. Yeah, they 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 weren't part of the big ones and such, uh, which I thought was still kind of cool because, uh, hey, big giant monsters, no problem. Um, Godzilla for the fact. Uh, there's something about the way this Godzilla looks that kind of, and it's the head. And I'm being picky because I grew up with this. He's a chunky boy. Yeah, he is. He's kind of a chunky Godzilla. No, no, it's chunky. There's no one there. Uh, Chunky, okay. (laughs) Either way, the Godzilla face just didn't resonate with me. And I'm being picky, and I know it's stupid, but (laughs) that was something that got... It was was off-throwing. Do what? You are being picky. I am. And and I admit it. I'm I'm not, not denying that. So, like, I'll even counter. You're being extra picky because it's a Godzilla movie. I grew up with Godzilla, so it's kind of there. But and it looks so much better than any other Godzilla we've ever seen on screen. Yeah, it's just the head. For some reason, it just didn't feel right. But for everything else, it was super cool. Uh, seeing all the monsters fight, seeing Mothra, seeing Rodan, and going through the you know. Flaming things, you know, all of that stuff. Fun as shit. I'm like, yep, that's a Godzilla movie for me. I don't give a damn about the humans at all. Um, and that's kind of how I went with it. Um, so it, it was it was a good fun. It was quick and easy. It was... I, I didn't feel like I was, you know, it was dragging or anything. But anytime the humans, and it was strictly humans' involvement, I didn't care. So... I- Find your lack of empathy disturbing. <laughs> so I was just happy to see giant monsters fighting again. Uh, I know they're doing a Godzilla versus King Kong, and hold on yep. a second. This year, I think. I just won uh, another hundred and twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because the end of the third quarter, the score is. 20 to 10. I won another, another, oh, another $125. I'm up to 250 <laughs> Oh, my. Oh, my. 
So, what's your uh, final rating on Godzilla King of the Monsters? And I'll, I'll remind you what I gave it. Um, I gave... I, I'm giving this one and a half to two. And oh. I'm giving it one and a half for the okay. most part because... Like, this, the human part was... It was just meh. But the monster part was... Yeah, I really liked it. So, I gotta give it one and a half pushing two type thing. Okay. Uh... I gave it one and a half, but probably would go down on repeated viewings because it was a lot in the movie. And unlike you actually enjoyed the human parts, I actually thought for a monster movie, they did an amazing job with the human parts. No one was obnoxious. Some of the, while misguided or a little bit out there, no one was really unrealistic in their reactions. I was, I was very pleased with it, and I'm going to see it again and uh, want to give another reaction to see if I uh, lower it to one or if it stays about 1.5. It was it was pretty good. I mean, it, 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 it fulfilled what I want. Like I said, I didn't care for the human parts. I just wanted to see giant monsters beat the crap out of each other, and it did good with that. It did oh. good with that episode. I thought, well, my first one is one I watched last year, which uh, I watched again just this Friday because I wanted something. Uh, I had a not the best day at work, so I wanted something sort of light and amusing. So I watched the Hitman's Bodyguard again. Okay. Which they're making an episode, they're making a season, t- or an episode two. A sequel. A sequel. The, 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 hit, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which is uh-huh. coming out this year also. And I enjoyed the crap out of it again. Um, I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as the first time. Um, funny Ryan Reynolds, I like. It gets a little old at points. Samuel Jackson being extra Samuel Jackson occasionally gets old. But the action's amusing. It goes at a quick pace. There's not too much... There's not too much obnoxious with it unless you find Ryan Reynolds or Samuel L. Jackson being their characters of themselves uh, or their characters of what people expect from them be annoying. Uh, it's good and very enjoyable. Uh, I dug it the second time around very much so. Um, it looks like I gave it about one the first time I watched it. I probably gave it a one to one and a half the second time. It's still pretty good. I don't know if it's still, you know, great. I think one was probably being extra generous to it the first time. But one, one and a half seems about right. Uh, enjoy it. I'm really glad I bought it when we watched it. We watched it last year. Yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. It was, but I think I remember when I reviewed it, I said that the one thing I really liked about it more than anything was the stunts. The stunts mm-hmm. weren't green screened for the most part. They did, you know, the driving scene uh, along the canal. I mean, it was. I mean, it was if you will, hyper, that, that sort of hyper-stylized action realistic, but didn't nothing felt off. I mean, I felt this was definitely a better movie than, what was that fucking movie? Did I review that movie with you guys? Which one was that? The, oh, I didn't even put it on here, did I? The Netflix movie with Ryan Reynolds. Yes, you did. Okay. I didn't type it in here. I don't remember what I gave it. This is better than that. Yes, I probably gave it four. four yeah, times. both of uh, you and I both said that that movie was uh, meh. It's it's it had much more potential than it used, but I mean, wasn't terrible. I mean, would I watch it again? Only with friends and alcohol. <laughs> I will, on the other hand, watch uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard again. You know, whenever I need something sort of light, it was a. Uh, it was a good choice. I have it on the thing, so it was sort of the lazy choice mm-hmm. because the. The, the non-lazy choice is to go up and get a DVD and put it in. But this is the 
oh, I own it on Amazon Prime. Let's just click a button and we're good. <laughs> because there are certain movies my mom's never going to see. So I don't need to have those on DVD or Blu-ray because she's never going to see them. This is not a mom movie. No. The next movie I'll talk about after Gonzo gives one is a mom movie. Um, I'm going to talk about <clears throat> the anime. I'm not done with it yet. Um, but I'm still working well, on it. That's a good sign. It means he thought it was okay because he's not done with it yet. So it was on my net, and it's on Netflix. Uh, it uh, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Um, it is a fantasy anime where adventurers have levels, and the premise is the gods came down to the planet and are now being worshipped by humans. And if you're worshipped by a human, you can give them special powers, and they go down to dungeons and defeat monsters. And so on and so forth. Um, this the first episode. This kid's an adventurer and gets saved by this one high level adventurer, and she's super hot. And you know that's where it comes in. You know, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Um, there's some there's some parts of the show that is really freaking good. And then there's parts that are super cringy fan service. Whenever it's not fan service, I really, really like it. It's a lot of fun. I like fantasy animes, you know, like Records of Lotus Wars, which was one of my favorites of all time uh, type thing. And it's good. It, dungeons go down. They get levels. They get cool powers. There's some good characters involved, you know. Um... What's the one about the guy that's uh, the shield warrior or whatever? I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, but it's pretty decent for the most part. It's got good action. It's got good story. The characters are relatable. It's, it's interesting. And then you got, oh, let's have an episode where half of the female characters are in the communal bath area. And we're like barely showing enough to, you know, and I'm like, oh. But it's an anime. Yeah, it is an anime. Um, or there, you know, there's the, oh, here, look, I've got really big boobs. Let me check. I'm like, Ugh. but I get it. That's part of the stuff that, you know, that's not me. I get it. But for the most part, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to continue watching the rest of it. I had a good time with it. I like it. I like where it's going. I like where it's headed. Um, it's got interesting aspects. So, for right now, I'm going to hold off on it until I get through the entire seasons that I'm watching. But preliminary, uh, one and a half, maybe two. It's just certain parts. You know me. I can't stand fan service. It's, I don't care to see anime boobs. If it's relevant to the story, okay, I get it. But well, you can tell that this is... Fan service is not always just about boobs. You know you, that, right? Yeah, but you understand what I'm saying. I mean, the, the most prevalent non-anime source of fan service is... The hallway scene in Rogue One with Darth Vader, that is pure fan service. So, I mean, it was just... I'm just like, ugh. But I understand where you're coming from. That's not the content you want. You don't yeah. like the Japanese uh, nicely perversion? Correct. I don't want to see painty shots. I don't want to see down boobs. I want to see stuff like Cowboy Bebop. So, you know, I want to see that stuff. Because you can still have sexually well, appropriate things. I regret to inform you that Cowboy Bop is in the minority, not the majority. Correct. And I haven't watched anime in a many, many years, but <laughs> it ain't really changed. Yeah. So, right now, one and a half, maybe two, but so far I'm liking it. Cool. 
Well, um, my next one is my mom and my niece and I went and saw uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker nice. on Saturday. Uh, it's my second time, of course, watching it. And uh, I've been, we've been pretty circumspect on the spoilers, but uh, there's no one in the chat room to get spoiled. So uh, if you don't want spoilers, I mean, come back in a little bit. There's going to be some spoilers and stuff here. I mean, it's in the cheap theaters now. I think uh, spoilers lifted. You think Gonzo February good enough? Yeah, I think we're I think we're best. Uh, is it out of? I mean, it's just barely. Yeah, go for it. Spoilers. Uh, warning: Rise of Skywalker spoilers. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker spoilers. So, um, I did still enjoy it. I actually, enjoyed it just as much, uh, or maybe a tiny bit more, the second time around. Uh, again, but that has a lot to do with expectations and anything big in your nostalgia. You should be aware of because. You're going to need to watch it multiple times because of expectations. You expect something, it's not going to bring it. Uh, I like most of it. It doesn't all make perfect sense, but again, we're watching Star Wars, and of course Star Wars is space opera, that fantasy type of thing, but in space with laser swords. And it fits that perfectly. Yeah. I really, really like Kylo Ren and, uh, dare I say, Ben Solo and Ray's Ray's arc. I thought that was actually very good. I think it was better than I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people who are upset because they obviously shipped the two of them, and since uh, Ben dies at the end, uh, they're a little upset about that. But, I mean, it happens. He chose it to save her, so I think that's a more meaningful death than you could ever hope for for someone like that who redeems himself. It seems to be the Skywalker way. Because he also force ghosts out. He doesn't, you know, not he just a do- body out. Shows it's redeemed, which is good. That's a good thing. And they don't they don't smack you in the face with that. They smack you in the face with other things. And, uh, you know, address a couple of the complaints. People say, like, it negates every part of The Last Jedi. That's not true. It explains some parts. You know, one of the guys, uh, I don't know his name, but the, the guy from Lost who's in it. Who was also one of the the Hobbits? Yeah, he says we need to start doing some Holden maneuvers. And they're like that was one in a million, and that is a great way because people had a lot of problem with that. Why don't you just do it all the time? Well, if it's a one in a million desperation, you don't do it all the time. Explained, um, but honestly, you don't need to explain everything. Uh, I'll stick with the standard. I enjoyed everything. I enjoyed all the, if you will, fan service. Lando showing up, Wedge showing up for two seconds. Uh, every little bit of fan service I enjoyed. Yeah, and that was interesting because um, one of the people I was watching was like, why did they show him in particular? I was like, oh, because... Yeah. It, it, the it, only it, man to assault two Death Stars and live. <laughs> and they were like, oh, well, I wouldn't have known that. And I says, well, yeah, because you're not you know, a huge Star Wars nerd. I, I mean, I'm I'm happy they got Dennis Lawson to play it again. He was actually opposed to coming back. Uh, oh, was I he? Kind of, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a big role for him ever. No, but it he is a good fan thing. Than this. So I'm, I'm happy he was able to help close it out. And it does feel like closure. Yes. Um, the biggest problems with this movie, I say, are not having written a trilogy at once. And that shows a little bit in the way it sort of... They cram a lot in the last movie. Obviously, J.J. had ideas. And, I mean, honestly, you should get one director for a trilogy and write the trilogy at once. Yes. If you don't get the same director for the trilogy, write the trilogy at once, definitely. Correct. Because you can have different directors... Mm-hmm. But it should have, all, in my opinion, yes, it should have all been written at once and go, here's the ending. Yep. Do this, guys. Just do it well. But there's a lot of great moments in it. Uh, the other big problem is the standard Star Wars problems of bigger, better, not explaining shit. Like, oh, why do all those new Star Destroyers have a cannon that can blow up a planet? 
They don't fucking care. Yeah. Super <laughs> weapons is a thing. I'm disappointed because you can just as easily just blow a city off a planet and it's just as horrifying to people. That many Star Destroyers is just horrifying. Cool. But the big cannon gave them an out at the end, so I'll, I'll give it a sign, kind of a pass. The other big thing is, you know, the Force powers are all so crazy. Like, yeah, they're wizards. Yeah. They're fucking space wizards. Get over it. Yeah. I don't necessarily like it. I like the Force being a lot more subdued. You know, they don't, like, pick people up with the Force generally. <laughs> if, if there's any problem with modern Star Wars is that they do so much more with the Force than they used to. It makes it less, it makes it too, too just in your face. Picking people up, draining their life energy from across the room. That's some kind of bullshit. Lightning into the sky and fucking up all the fighters. You're like, that's a little bit much, don't you think? You didn't need one more thing. They were already in dire straits. One more thing was not necessary. Um, overall, you know, I, I think it could have been, it definitely could have been a better movie, but I enjoyed the crap out of it. I, I'm still giving it about a one, one and a half. It was very enjoyable. There's a lot of little moments in there that rewatches help you. Um, there was a thread on Twitter where someone said, share your favorite moments from Rise of Skywalker. And that was a great uplifting thread where people like little things, you know, where, you know, there's a scene where Ray puts lightsaber behind her head. And as an established show in the movie, they can translate things between them because of their abilities. And then Kylo Ren brings his hand up behind his head and he's got the lightsaber now. He does this little Han Solo-like shrug, which is great. Yes, because you're like, we've never seen that before. Adam Driver is a great actor. He puts, when he finally embraces Ben Solo at the end, he puts a lot of Han Solo into his actions. Yeah. It is great. And it's, I mean, I would like to see him live through that. I would like to see more movies with this. And I think the biggest, the only thing Ryan Johnson has to answer for, for, for The Last Jedi, is not giving us Ray and Finn and Poe running around doing stuff because that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was actually pretty good. great chemistry together. And I would have loved to see an entire movie of them running around doing a, doing adventure. Yeah, I, I could have seen that. Them them three, well, four, went Chewie in there too. Put Chewie in there. Chewie was good. Yeah. I mean, but I enjoyed it. It's good. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good thing. I'm, I can't wait to do what to do next. I'm glad they're closing that out. Um, I wish they would go further into the future rather than the past. But that's uh, something we'll discuss Shortly, Gonzo, you want to give one more before you do our dual one? Um, yes, there I watched the new Aladdin, uh, the yeah. live action one. Um, I'm going to say first things first. I've got some paint on my brush because I had to do this because it was bugging the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> sorry, you will never have another better genie than Robin Williams. I don't care. No. You just can't. It's like the Joker. You can't do what someone else did. You have to do your own take on it. Yeah. You just can't do it. There's nothing that you yeah. can do about that. Um, but you can't fault for them for trying. For the simple fact that, okay, Will Smith, we give him plenty of shit because of, you know, welcome to Earth, you know, and whatever. But, I love that movie. That yeah. movie is so terrible. It's, the, it's, it's so bad, it's amazing. So, oh, I want to. Uh, we just got this. Uh, Reese Wade just decided to become a five dollar patron on uh, our patron page. Thanks, Reese. We appreciate Thanks, that. Thanks, Reese. Thanks. That's awesome. That helps us out a lot. Um, but one, we know this movie did not need to be made in live action. It was fine the way it was in a cartoon. It didn't need to be made in live action. 
I get it. But Disney's it doing is it. what they're doing. Correct. It is. So we can't do anything. I mean, we can't say anything about it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the characters were all okay, but there were some flaws with it. Um, Will Smith as a genie, he tried really, really hard. He really did. But I mean, you can't hold a candle to Robin Williams in that role. Yeah. Will Smith always gives his A game in any yeah. movie, I feel. Yeah. And I can't fault him. That's that's too big a shoes to fill. Um, that anytime I heard him speak and say lines from the original one, it was Robin Williams in my head, no matter what. Um, so I, I can't fault him. I don't hate him for that. I'm not, you know, mad at him or anything about it. So, so that's just gonna have to be what it is. What I did have problems with it is there was two extra songs that had right. no need to be there. Um, they added too much. They changed some of the basic fundamentals of the characters, uh, like the way they did the first wish, how he tricks Genie into doing it. You could have just left it the same way. Um, there was Genie, and since it's out on Disney Plus, I'm spoiling Genie becoming human and dating another human. Really? Did we need that? You could have just left Genie having the ability to have Genie powers and being free again. It just, it just felt off. Um, and the part where Jasmine and Aladdin are escaping the guards and running away, there was a, in that scene, that whole scene, there were a part where they speeded up the tape and you can see them, you can tell that they speeded up the film to move. And I was like this, it just felt wrong. It felt off. Did it feel like that one scene in the Hobbit, the first Hobbit movie where they're running around in Goblin Town just felt like everyone was sort of. Fast forward. Fashion they should have been, and it should have been Yakety Sax playing in the background. Very much so. And so I was like, it, it, it was wrong. It just was bad. What they did right is it's a beautiful movie. Uh, sets are really cool, great costumes. Uh, when Prince Ali's coming down and everything, great. It was really reminded me of like a Bollywood film. You know, elaborate costumes, you know, everything going really, really good. Yep. Really glad they got ethnically appropriate actors for it. That was hats off to Disney for that. Yes, hundred uh, percent. Which is what they're doing also with Mulan and all that stuff too. Oh yeah, uh, Mulan's already already there. That looks interesting. I probably won't go see it because I haven't read right mean That's me. No Mushu, I'm not in. No no singing, not in. Um, I like. I actually like the idea of them switching it up a bit. Because rather than remake the movie, you're doing another telling of a legend, and that is better than remaking a movie that was a telling of a legend. Correct. So I mean, it's like a Robin Hood movie being a little bit different, being significantly different is cool. If you redid one, like I'm going to redo Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or someone not Kevin Costner, and you're like, why? <laughs> but for the most part, it was okay. There were just some fundamental flaws. Of like Aladdin trying to pick up uh, a jewel and him getting tempted by the money. He didn't get tempted by the money. Abu got tempted by the money. And Abu was a thing. Eventually Abu does, you know, ruin it. But still, it just felt wrong because he's supposed to be the diamond in the rough, blah, blah, blah. Um, so for the most part, it was alright. Uh, I did start The Lion King, but I didn't get a chance to watch it all the way because I had to clean house and... Rearrange a bunch of furniture in the house. I get new couches this Saturday. Woohoo! New couch and love seat. Can't wait for it. Um, but I'm giving it for maybe 
I'm giving it two to pushing to a three. Because uh, there was just some fundamental things. Like they tried to make Jasmine, you know, a champion for the girls. I get it. I understand it. But that's, you know, there was a reason why, you know, he, he makes her vizier or makes her sultan instead of saying, well, I'm sultan. I can change that and she can have what he wants. I understand the reason why they changed it where she's sultan and she can do that. I get it. But it was just kind of a fundamental break from everything. So two and a half, three space herpes, in my opinion. I won't watch it again, that's for sure. Okay. So it was like a meh. Okay. And then we got our together one since we're coming down to the end of it. Yep. Um, and that's Picard. Um, yes. It actually came out for free this week. I watched it last week, but it actually technically I came out for free. free this week because I'm like, hey, if you're going to show it for free, I'm going to watch it and see if I actually want to get the uh, CBS All Access to uh, watch it. Spoiler, I do. Yeah. Um, I have the CBS Access, uh, so I watched it. Um, I liked it. Yes. Um, to me, it, I'm glad that they're moving away from the old Star Trek to the new Star Trek stuff, because I also like Discovery, too. Um, and, yes, this is the Picard show. Um, and he's a thing. But I liked everything that's going. You see more of the world. You see more characters. You see more of everything. What I love more than anything is the fact that since it's future, they tell you what happened in the past and everything. They make you feel like the world has continued to gone forward. It's not just... Picard retired, the world stopped. Yes. Picard unretires, does action, the world begins again. No, you feel like stuff went on in the background. It gives him a great reason for not being in, for retiring for Starfleet. Um, it fills in that backstory. It even fits in with what happened to Spock in the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek. It That all fits in. Yeah. I thought it was very well done. I heard some people say, like, well, they completely ignored parts of the new Next Generation. Like, if they did, I didn't really notice it because I'm not... I like Next Generation. I've watched every episode of Next Generation probably multiple times. But I'm not, like, a super stickler for any sort of this happened and this happened. I really, really enjoyed it. I I had a blast. I thought it was yeah. really fun. The characters were interesting. Um, everything kind of fit. Uh, I can't wait to see the next episode because it looks really, really cool. Uh, Picard with this whole new crew and, you know, kind of doing a Firefly-esque type, you know, crew. I was going to say that it feels like Star Trek Firefly. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with that because we never got multiple seasons of Firefly, so I want more. Yes. I, I, I liked it. Hard. it. It's one of those things. It's I like in the feeling I got from that was when... Um, just as an analogy, when Amazon started the grand tour with the guys from uh, Top Gear, because mm-hmm. they couldn't do Top Gear anymore, yep. you know, it felt like an old, a bunch of old friends coming out and you know getting back together. Patrick Stewart doing this role is like an old friend coming out and and getting it back together, and it's great. Oh yeah, it, it, it felt very familiar. I'm like I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. Uh, I like Discovery, and I know Star Trek. I'm just not you know I'm not you know all into it, but. I liked it. We need better sci-fi TV shows out there. It, I, I wish it, it wasn't on CBS All Star Trek than a lot of things. Like people love Deep Space Nine. Happy love Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine is very well done. It's not Star Trek. No. 
It has a lot of things that Gene Roddenberry would not have liked. And yes, we have to move beyond that sometimes, but you have to understand it's in the Star Trek world, but it's not Star Trek. So this is actually Star Trek. Picard is maybe the most Star Trek captain that ever Star Trekked. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I, I like it. I want to see more. I hate that it's on yes. CBS All Access, uh, which is kind of annoying. And kind uh, of expensive. Yeah, and kind of expensive. Or not nearly the quali- the content. I mean, they got a lot of TV show content. I don't want to like really diss at their own content, but I'm not sure I'm going to watch it all weekly. Correct. But now I know I wish to see it definitely. So at some point, we will be watching it. Me and me and uh, Bainey on the roomie will be watching that and Discovery. We'll probably get it, and over the course of a month or two, we'll just binge it, knock it all out. Yeah. Do a seven day seven day trial. <laughs> no, no, not that quick. I don't, I don't, I don't do stuff like that. But I mean, like, we'll pay it over, you know, two months or so. We'll play like you know two monthly fees, and then we'll have everything seen it all, and then maybe we'll cancel. Maybe we'll find enough content to keep it. I doubt it. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. It's it's hard, and their price point is weird because they got commercials at their low price point. If their low if their low price point with commercials was actually their price point, I don't think I'd I would just probably get it and I'm lazy enough to leave it. Um you have people come Danny in and hypersonic, uh, you sort of came in in the end. <laughs> just got done talking about uh, Picard with no spoilers. We both liked it. I would say tentatively at this point it's zero uh, space herpes. Zero space herpes for me too, also. It it was fine for what it was. It was very good Star Trek feel. I was happy with it. Can't wait to see more episodes. Yeah, absolutely, and it is is it intrigued me enough. I'm gonna tell my boss to go see it because he's got uh, he's a super big Trekkie. He is absolutely he's a big enough Trekkie that he tells me to call him a Trekker. <laughs> and we actually went over by four minutes, which is not a big deal. We were used to that. Um, for more than dice, we appreciate everybody coming out here and listening. Um, be careful because we're gonna have some. Bit. We are going to have some brand new news coming out about more than dice. Uh, that's going to be uh, going forward. So stuff, new stuff. We got some really cool stuff coming up. Um, for a bit of it, our viewers and everything. Uh, so I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy's not here. Oh god! <laughs> Your Kathy voice is terrible. I'm Kathy. Guys, thanks for coming out and listening. We appreciate it. Um, wish I would have come in earlier. Come back at seven o'clock. Yeah, get the pre-ramble. Yeah, it's super sweet, totally legit. Oh wait, that's another podcast. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>